All right, guys, what is going on today? We are here with special guest Alex Fate. Alex holds the current record for attendance in a year, uh, surpassing uh, Mr. Clark Leach in terms of uh, classes uh, attended. So uh, you guys get to hear a little bit about uh, you know him, his consistency, his plan, how he kind of thinks, um, how he's found a nutrition plan and a diet that works for him. We kind of discussed that. And then Alex is a, a really well-traveled guy, has a lot of interesting hobbies. So we spend a lot of time kind of talking about that and um, you know, showing you guys a little bit of, uh, that kind of nice work-life balance and, you know, workout and life balance. I always enjoy kind of hearing those things. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode as always. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts or comments, or if you guys see Alex in the gym, thank him for spending his time on a weekend with us. And, uh, if you guys have any shared topics or interesting things, if you're ever interested in going up to Montana, Alex is your guy, as you will hear in this podcast. Thanks so much guys. Bye. Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. But you do your thing. And then, uh, and then I just kick it live whenever we want to. All right. So if we talk about things that'll get you canceled or fired, you know, we have the edit button. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Things. Um, thanks for coming to do, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. I'm glad you we it in. It was funny. You know, we were at the, uh, we were doing like coaches development stuff. Yeah. And so that's like Andy's dad's a professor and teaches some stuff at Ohio state and does like leadership development stuff for police, you know, fire, um, coaches, sports, a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, you know, we run some stuff with the team. Um, so when I was leaving, I was like, ah, I got to get out of here. I was like, where are you going? It's like going to a podcast with Alex. And I got mixed reactions, super excited. And then, um, really butthurt that Liz, uh, hasn't already been on the podcast. So, um, of course I, I knew, I knew the opposite end of that was going to be Liz. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this is the real chaff in Liz's ass. Um, and I was, I did mean to pull up one thing. So I'm going to be pulling it up. Here. Have you had every other coach on? Not some of the newer coaches, uh, older coaches. Yes. Except, uh, Maria has, we have never successfully posted one of Maria's episodes. We've done podcasts together. Gotcha. Um, but she's kind of like, yeah, just don't post that. Um, gotcha. and so, um, we've never actually posted them. I think they'd be funny, but I don't know. I mean, you know, they, I don't want to say they're like too personal, but, um, they definitely get personal. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Um, so why don't you just start, just give me a little introduction. Do you know how long you've been at the gym? Four years, maybe. Okay. That sounds right. Something like that. I'm pulling up uh, uh, your statistics so that I'm accurate. All right, are you ready? Sure. Since the beginning of the year, and I'm sure if we went back even further, it would be a larger gap. You have come to 336 classes. <laughs> <laughs> For a mark of this episode, that's Jan 1 to May, what are we, 20th? 
May 21. May 21. Okay. So May 21. All right. We are at right now. So not even halfway through the year and you're at 336 on pace for over 700 classes (laughs) in a calendar year this year. The next closest is at 212. So you have a nice lead built up. First Um, place all the way. So I, you know, not only because of that, we had to have you on. I mean, you're setting all kinds of records. Uh, Um, Can I ask who second place is or do you not want to Rick wanna... Scherer and Kelly Ryan are tied right now at two two twelve. So all right, they're your they're your go tos. Um, and Rick is a double trouble kind of guy too. He, he doubles up sometimes on Saturdays. Gotcha. So um, so why don't you kick off? Give me a little intro. Um, you know, name if you want to do occupation, where you're from, that kind of stuff. Uh, Alex Fate. I am from Northeast Ohio, uh, kind of Canton area. Wait, we're real popular in Northeast um, Ohio right now. Little town called Bolivar, Ohio that nobody's ever heard of or nice. been to. Um, what is Bolivar known for? Why did it get populated in the first place? <laughs> uh, I can't even answer that. No? I have no idea. Nice. Uh, the canal, well, probably the canal. Okay. There's a canal that runs through it. Okay. Or whatever previous yeah, canal. Yeah, so it's like a major canal. waterway for ships. Yeah. So I guess probably that. Nice. Don't know that for sure, but that'd be my shoot from the hip guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and sorry, what else did you, uh, so where you're from, what you do now, what brought you to maybe to Columbus? Uh, I'm an accountant. I'm the controller for the company I work for. Nice. Run all things finance and accounting. Um, came to Columbus for my first kind of real career job after college, which was where? Uh, with a company, a public, uh, public accounting fund college or college. Yeah. Uh, University of Cincinnati. Okay. Nice. Uh, um, a lot of UC representation around the gym too. Yeah. R- I've definitely, sure, I've definitely run into a few. UC yeah. guy. Well, I think his son actually is a UC guy, but yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, so then, yeah. So then finished up down there, came up to Columbus for my first kind of real career job. Nice. And, uh, been here, been Columbus ever since. Nice. I love so. it. Now started at friendship. We'll call it like four years ago. Uh, when, if you can recall, so that's pre COVID, right? 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what like prompted you to kind of get going and l- be looking for a new gym? Um, well, it wasn't necessarily a new gym. It was just a gym mm-hmm. for me. I wasn't doing anything before. And that was really, that was really the impetus. I mean, like I, you know, whatever desk job, you know, you sit, you know, I didn't have great eating habits. I didn't, I wasn't moving. I wasn't doing anything properly or that I should have been. And so I don't know, not exactly sure what all of a sudden the urge was swift kicking the ass was, yeah. but something did all of a sudden. And I was like, I need to kind of change my trajectory here. And so I started, I really boil it down to either kind of CrossFit or whatever you want to call it or yoga, yeah. one or the other. I had a cousin that was into yoga pretty hardcore a while back. And he said, it's, you know, really good. You know what I mean? If you really get hardcore about it, it can yeah. be a pretty good workout. You could use a little yoga in your life now. Uh, yeah, I do a little yoga. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I try like to. Yeah. Um, so do you like it? I do like, it. I like yeah. hot yoga actually better. Interesting. Um, Cause you're a sweater too. I am. Yeah. So that's why I don't like it, but you just feel like cleansed afterwards. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe mine was like too public. 
Could be. I was like, I mean, I was, I was in a room, I mean, like absolute nut to butt, like left and right. I mean, you could, you could, they could hear you. I don't prefer that either. I like it a little thin with how much I sweat. Like I was so conscious of every movement, not to get my sweat. Yeah. You're a sweater too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of boiled it down to those two ended up obviously kind of going the gym side there as opposed to yoga. Um, and then from there it was really, you know, I kind of just Googled, you know, CrossFit gyms in Columbus or whatever. You guys are super close to where I work. Nice. Um, So convenience was certainly an aspect of it. Um, But, you know, I read some good reviews and and all that. And then, you know, after I walked through the front door for the first time, kind of got a good vibe or, you know, felt good about it. So was it Andy who met you? No, Maria. Maria. Yeah. Nice. Maria's first Hannah shook. There you go. Yeah. She's a great face of representation. And now it's, I mean, I would say, I mean, from my view, it's a pretty big part of your identity. I mean, you come really consistently, you're super diligent with, you know, I mean, you're one of the, if not the hardest worker in the gym, um, you know, and, and I feel like, is that like, were you an athletic background kind of guy or kind of where does that come from for you? Yeah. I mean, certainly did sports and stuff in high school. Yeah. Um, my personality is very much like, like I would say that like, I'm a process guy. Yeah. Um, you know. So if I need to figure something out, like I figure out a process for it. Yep. And once I get that process implemented, yeah. You know, you know, okay, yeah, maybe fine tune it and tweak it, whatever. Yeah. But once I get that process implemented, like, you know, it's you it runs on it. its own. Yeah. 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 Nice. And so yeah. That's kind of yeah, that's with a lot of things in life or whatever, you know, but that's certainly one of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that too. I mean, it's kind of like, um, you know, figure out those things that you do need processes for and get that block checked. You know, it's like got to figure out stuff. Obviously health and fitness is a huge component of that, but you got to figure it out with finances. You got to figure it out with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You got to get your yeah, process yeah. in line. And, Absolutely. And then, and then you just let time work its course and work for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. What sports did you play growing up? Uh, some baseball, uh, basketball certainly was kind of my favorite yeah. all the way through. Um, also played some baseball, also played some football, but nice. really basketball is the only thing that kind of stuck all the way through. Yeah. Nice. So, I love that. I didn't know that you played. Um, I mean, I think we'd kind of talked about, yeah. So you and Liz have a standing bet oh, that yeah. we need to establish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we that's, that's that the only out. reason that, that a hoop hasn't showed up at the gym yet <laughs> because <laughs> she's exactly. scared she and she knows what's it. going to happen yeah. when it does. I love this. This is the, the, I feel like we've got to like YouTube live this when it happens. <laughs> I mean, there's so much on the line. Um, Liz is such a shit talker. So are you, uh, that I really look forward to that moment. Yeah. Um, I do as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you think like in terms of kind of who you were, if you can think back to like 2000, um, you know, 19, has it been like a, just like a slow habit adjustment? Did you kind of dive in, uh, like feet first or, um, you know, what would you say like in terms of like lifestyle habit stuff has adjusted or shifted? Um, I, I would say not, not a huge swing for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, like, being diligent about walking through the front door, you know, every day is a piece of that in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, really the nutrition side is, is kind of the biggest change. Um, you know, I mean, I still go to the same job every day and, you know, I mean, I run the same schedule every day. I just have the gym, you know, as a big, big piece of it as well implemented in there. Um, but certainly the, you know, kind of the nutrition and the, the food intake side of things has been a huge shift for me. Yeah. What, uh, what was the hardest shift for you in that front? 
Or what are you, if you're still struggling with something right now? So actually, you know, when I, when I worked with Andy on nutrition early on, I think it could have gone a lot harder, a lot more difficult than it did. Yeah. Um, (laughs) When, when he and I started to like kick off and formulate a start, start to formulate like a daily meal plan, you know, he's like, okay, he goes, he said something to the effect of, he's like, how about like bacon and eggs for breakfast? He's like, you like that? I'm like, oh, I like that. Yeah. And, and he goes, okay, so, so you're good with that? I'm like, you mean for me to make that every morning? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> so, so I was like, let's just pause there. And I said to him, I was like, here's what I want. I want to put zero mental energy or effort into food. Yeah. I want it to just run on its own. Yep. You know, I was like, I don't cook. I don't want to do any of that crap. I was like, I want to stuff easy, repetitive, Yeah. you know, and just cycle it day in and day out. And do you feel like you've done that now? Oh yeah. And like what, walk me through that. Like Um, what does your day look like? In terms of what I, what I eat? Mm -hmm. Uh, I eat in the morning. I eat a half a cup of protein or half a cup of uh, protein, half a cup of oatmeal. Nice. Uh, with some protein powder and some flax meat, flax seed meal in it. Yeah. Um, protein bar, yogurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> after work, after my noon workout, uh, every day it's a bowl of cereal. I love cereal. <laughs> so, I do too. What's your go-to? Uh, give me your cereal big board top three. Four. Okay. Number one, corn pops. Okay. 100 percent um never had corn pops really yeah oh man you should try i mean it's it's crap for you but i mean it's delicious i mean most cereals are um uh, honey smacks would be up there okay cinnamon toast crunch would be up there yeah cinnamon toast crunch is super popular yeah um but like day and like monday through friday i eat kashi goline yeah you know, kind of a, I don't know, whatever, healthier cereal anyways. Always um, hard to tell. Yeah, it is a little bit hard to tell. I agree. Um, so yeah, a boy that after, after I work out at lunch, um, middle of the afternoon, um, another cup of yogurt and an apple and a couple of bananas. You're a big apple guy. Yeah. A lot of times I, I save that apple for like, as I'm walking into the evening class. Yep. Um, and then I'll eat six eggs, three of which I just eat the whites. Mm-hmm. The other three, I eat the full egg. Yep. Hard boiled, always 100%. Nice and easy. Um, and do you just do like a bunch of those at a time? So they're just like sitting in your fridge. just done. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got this egg cooker thing. I was going to say, yeah, they make those. Yeah. I, steam, I, they like cooks it with steam. Yeah. I think I got one of those for like. My brother and my mom, I can't remember who Those I got one for. Very efficient. They, they do a really good job. It's just like rice cookers. It's like you can cook rice in a bunch of different shit. You yeah. know, like you can do that kind of any different way. But when you actually get like the rice maker um, or yeah. you actually get like the actual egg cooker, just something that's designed for it, it's like totally brainless. And another thing is, the eggs peel. Yeah, way better. Way better. That's my biggest gripe with hard-boiled eggs. Stevie just jumped on hard-boiled eggs. Um, so that's kind of like her go-to breakfast now. Um, 
And man, I, I used to do nothing but hard boiled eggs. Yeah. Like when I first started working nutrition and I was really diligent, same thing. I was really working on like getting my macronutrients dialed in and, and hard boiled eggs and being able to take out the, the yolk so specifically can get you really dialed in yep. on that stuff. You know, you put a little hot sauce on them. You can eat them real fast. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, I do Franks on them. Yep. I do mustard on them sometimes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like a little mini sometime. deviled eggs. Type thing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's so good. Um, but man, I hadn't done, I hadn't made my own hard boiled eggs in, in like years. So I made some the other day for Stevie and I'm like, got them under the sink and I'm like peeling them off like one little yeah. one centimeter by one centimeter yeah. chunk at a time. And I'm just like, I'm cussing. So I'm like, yeah. God, I forgot how much this sucks. I've never been good at making them. And so that would be a huge game changer for me. Andy goes and buys the pre-peeled ones from Trader Joe's in the bag. Those things taste weird. They taste weird. They smell weird. They smell terrible. I just don't think that's something that keeps. Like once you peel it, it doesn't seem like it would keep to me, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have bought a few of those bags here and there, but I I try to stay. So you do eggs for dinner. That's like your evening. Uh, No, it's actually, it's usually so, I mean, sometimes I get like dialed in focus of work and I, you know, I kind of like, but usually I'll eat that. I like to eat that like an hour before the, like the, the, yeah, and usually the do 645, workout. right? Yeah. 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 So that's like a 545. And then you do something before bed after that. And then, yeah. And then afterwards at like, <laughs> this is where it really gets. So I get, um, I'll eat a couple, couple handfuls of walnuts. I eat a couple carrots. Yeah. I eat a little hunk of cheese I love and I eat, um, oh, sprout grain bread. Oh yeah. We do sprout grain bread every morning. Um, what an interesting mixture. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where the eyebrows are. Really now what's like, your so. cheese go to? Uh, I, I jump back and forth between Swiss and Colby Jack. Wow. Wow. Swiss like in a block. Mm. That's crazy to me. That's Swiss is probably my favorite cheese. Such overall. not a like eat in a block alone cheese to me though. Yeah, Swiss is always Swiss. with something to me. Not for me. Fascinating. <laughs> wow. Like for me, it's like Gouda, extra sharp cheddar, you know, Vermont white. Like those are kind of my go-tos. Like I, you know, I always think of things like Swiss pepper jack. That's always like it goes on something or is mm-hmm. like it mixed with something. Um, no, yeah, I love Swiss's. Wow, you might be the first person I've ever met that's Monster. Had. Also, I really, really like Monster. Yeah. yeah, let me get Blitz real quick. She's freaking yeah, yeah, out. Good. Oh. See if I can do it. Uh, no, I can't. gotta take the headphones off. Oh. Yes, we know. We know. <laughs> yes, we know. Yes, we know. Guess we'll just keep bringing in toys in here, trying to get us to play with. What, them. What's that little thing? Is that a, a little toy. dog toy? That's Stevie's toy. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Gus. So Gus's thing is he knows. Yeah, you know, you know. He knows he can get attention if he steal. Hey, get if he steals Stevie's toys. Get. Oh yeah, yeah. Easy, Gus. <laughs> he also fights blitz <laughs> that gets him attention. Um, Gus, chill, 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 chill. Uh, yeah, this normally when another big, you know, positive Maria being here is she can control the animals. Not as much when she's not here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're uncontrollable demons. Um, man. Okay. That's fascinating. So that's like you eat that. That's like a system for you. That's kind of consistent every, I eat the same yep. thing every day too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that was important for me when I was building out with Andy, I was like, 
you know, I was like, I'm not going to get tired of stuff. Yeah. I'm not wired that way. Right. I want, I just, I want it to be robotic. Well, and I feel like even too, you have some flex there, right? Like if you really wanted to, to get some variety in a day, if you really felt like you needed some change, I mean, you could change the cereal up for a day or you could yeah. change. You well, know. And, and actually, honestly, on the weekends, I do that. I yeah. do kind of like, I, I will do a different cereal on the, on the weekends. Um, I actually pull the hard boiled eggs out and I drop in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I do, I do kind of like flex it or whatever you want to call it yeah. a little bit on the weekends. Yeah. And you don't work out on the weekends. I don't yeah. No, I mean, I went to endurance this morning. If I stay in town, um, I'll usually do that endurance class cause I like it. Yeah. Um, but I, I leave town a lot on the weekends. Well, so. we're bringing yoga back post endurance. So oh, yeah, you go, you I, d- I did hit that a few times yeah. after endurance. Yeah. We're I'm not likely to probably to pop out of bed. No, we're bringing, that, we're bringing that back. So we're going to do endurance into yoga as kind of yeah. our staple there. That was more popular. Um, no, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I love, thank you for sharing. Not everybody like opens up their wallet and shows us what they eat every day. So oh, I, always, yeah. I always appreciate that. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I'm sure I told, I told that dinner menu to Jenny the other day and she's like, wow. I just can't wait for Andy to hear this. His mind, like he's going to be driving and he's going to be like punching the steering wheel and he's just going to be like, no, there's not enough vegetables in that. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Cause I mean, I'm similar. I don't, I don't even, I don't do very good with eating vegetables either. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I, I mean, I've told people forever similar to you. It's like, I'm such a big believer in like, if you like vegetables, great. Like that's awesome. Institute them in your system, in your plan, but just come up with a plan. Like you just said, that works for you. Some people love to cook and like, that's gotta be a part of your plan. Some people don't, it's gotta be a part of your plan. Um, so the fact that like you found something that you can do consistently and you know, I feel like you look great. I mean, I feel like you've, you've lost weight since you've come, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. When I did the, the, my kind of my first time through the two a days when I really dumped. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It was a lot, right? What was it in total? It was, it was I don't know, I want to say 45, 50 pounds, maybe yeah. overall. Yeah. And it was like a that. significant body fat percentage change too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. I think it's like what, you know, that's why we like to track the embody stuff. It's like, you know, I think like you just said, like that's far from a perfect diet, but if you can do it consistently and the results get seen and yeah. you can test and track, you can feel yourself in workouts consistently. You can see yourself and your body composition changes. You can track your health markers and your blood comps and all that stuff. As long as all that stuff's tracking, like I think that's the most important part. So it's awesome. You found that. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, the, the cheese is just tripping me out, man. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big cheese guy. So like I I'll do like, these are those, uh, those, uh, cracker barrel, uh, sharp cheddar bites. Oh yeah. And Tillamook make one, makes one too. Oh yeah. I like Tillamook. Dude, I, I don't, don't usually just, buy it, but I do like it. Yeah. I'll just go bananas on those. I mean, I'll have whole blocks. I mean, yeah. Who knows? It's probably 2000 calories. In the whole pack <laughs> probably. And I, just, I just take the whole thing down. Uh, that's like my, my big go-to. I love doing that. Yeah. Um, so that's like, for me, that's kind of like my, my cereal. So overall you, you would maybe prefer yellow over white cheese. I like both. Fair. Traditionally though, I would say, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you get like a good Vermont white, like that's real sharp, like maybe a little bit firmer mm-hmm. than normal. Let me know if you need more water. Um, a little bit firmer than normal. I like that. Uh, I like like a harder cheese. Yeah. I typically don't like soft cheese as much. Um, but it's like, and then it's weird because I tell people sometimes like, like 
hugely passionate about cheese. And then they think I like these like artisan cheeses. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm pretty simple. Yeah. Like you can just give me like Kroger brand sharp cheddar. I'm pretty yeah. happy. Um, <laughs> and so, but yeah, I mean, you kind of can't go wrong. I kind of like everything. Maria has a, she's like a, I would call it a paste, not a cheese. Uh-huh. Right. I guess it's kind of like, I mean, it's not like cottage cheese pasty, but it's, it comes like in a block and, and like that to me is like, that's not cheese. Like that's, I, mean, I would agree with that. They call it cheese, but it's more like cream. Yeah. I won't say that I wouldn't eat that by yeah. any means, but if it, you know, it would have to be like pretty delicious yeah, for, me to, for me to, for me to choose, choose that it. Right, exactly. over, yep. a, you know, like a block of cheese. Or yeah. Like we usually just do this and I'm always going to have the options that like, that I want. So, yeah. Um, so she has that. And then it's funny. I, I treat it like a contest when we create a charcuterie board, like we have, and she'll put her cheese and I'll put mine. And then I'm like, the contest is, is yeah, whoever yeah, has, yeah. whoever has left. Um, and she always loses cause she likes these fancy cheeses. <laughs> And I'm like, and how much was that block? And she's like, $18. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Mine was four. Mine was right? four and it got <laughs> Yeah. And it was so much better. Everyone liked it. Um, no, that's great. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, the, the community aspect or just kind of training partners and coaches, obviously like you were looking at CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's going to be like more community based. Obviously you got a lot of options in terms of fitness, you can do personal training you can do all this different kind of stuff. Um, why do you feel like, like the team atmosphere, the community atmosphere kind of resonates with you more? Uh, I think that, I mean, all I, all I ever did growing up plays team sports. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was team sports. I didn't do anything in the, I mean like golf. Yeah. But I mean, you know, even whatever, you know, you go golf and you go going with three other guys. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like that's still, still community. There's based. still a social aspect right. to it. Um, so, and that actually is one of the things I, I never tried yoga before I chose to go the kind of the CrossFit side or whatever. Yeah. But that's one of the things that after I did some yoga more recently, I'm like, yeah, I, like, I'm, like I, at this point, I'm only switching to yoga when I'm beyond the physical ability of doing the gym. Every, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. When right. I'm older and not able to do it or whatever, like maybe that I, I opt. But I mean, yoga is you go in there and you, you know, you zip your lip and you sweat, and, yeah. you know, and that's it. Like that's yeah, kind of your own practice. It's not as fun yeah. to me. To me. Um, so, um, I don't know. What did you start? What was the question? What no, like just kind of why the community aspect works for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, team sports growing up and, um, and I also think, you know, I enjoy that. And so that helps kind of grease the rails on, yeah. on me, you know, being diligent and staying committed to coming and all that, you know, there's a, there's a benefit there to yeah. me personally. So um, you know, works well from that aspect for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just watching you interact with people, I feel like you do a really good job of, um, having kind of the right relationships with the right people. Like you have a certain relationship with Liz and Andy, we kind of talked about Yeah, watching you interact with other clients and stuff. Um, you know, it's not as maybe sharp edged as it might be like towards, <laughs> towards the coaches sometimes. Um, you know, and then you're, you're super sweet and nice with Maria and, um, you know, you're always super helpful with all the coaches and everybody universally from a coach's perspective always is so thankful for just your help and, you know, little stuff like cleaning up in gym, like even setting up for generations the other week, sticking around oh, afterwards yeah, yeah. and, you know, giving your time for that stuff. Um, and so, you know, I think your sort of adaptability across, uh, different personas, I think for me, you know, that's always interesting to watch. Like I, I, 
I've obviously watched a lot of people in the community. Yeah. Um, but that adaptability is actually a pretty rare trait. A lot of people are just kind of like they're kind of the same guy, but um, I feel like you do a really good job of, of being, you know, helpful and nice and kind when you need to be or being competitive and a smart ass and talking shit when you want to be right. Um, Gotta be a chameleon. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate that. I know, I know all the coaches love it. Um, and so, you know, that's just, just kind of like a, like a cool character trait that I think works well from my end, from yeah, perceiving yeah, you yeah. or watching you as a coach. I appreciate that. Um, now anybody that you, and I always kind of separate these two, any training partners that you want to shout out, any coaches you want to shout out, uh, or people that like, you feel like pushy inside of the gym that you appreciate, um, that maybe kind of goes unspoken and then, uh, yeah, I would say probably a good bit of it does go unspoken. Um, I mean, certainly fucking Dre, man. I mean, like, I mean, it's not, it's not even fair for me to try to keep up with him, but I certainly do. Yeah. You know, I certainly want to, I certainly try to. And I mean, there's certain things that it's just, you know, it's not even conceivable, Yeah, but where I can, I try to, Yeah, I guess in a way, so to speak. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like training with, there's certainly, there's certainly guys that I kind of, fall into the routine of partnering with, you know, yeah. like when it's a partner type workout, John yeah. Osgood. Yeah. Um, you know, man, I'm trying Josh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, don't, I mean, but, but, you know, I mean, I'll work out with anybody. How I worked out with in the uh, kind of early on in that, in the, in the recent front squat cycle, I worked out with Harold. We, yeah. we, we shared our squat rack, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that goes against your cardinal rule of having to do a quarter squat to take it, it out of the I rack. I mean, it did, but yeah. I think she, I can't remember if I came in later, she came in one or the other. And like, that was the only rack that one, every, every other rack had like multiple people on it. Yeah. So I think I was already in there and she came in a few minutes after everything was already kind of set up. We we're getting ready to start. And I was like, she can just jump in with me. Yeah, she's great. I yeah. mean, and she's she's one who will certainly sling pr- plenty of shit yeah. your way too. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. Yeah, she pissed me off the other day. She kept putting plates on the sled for me. I was like, <laughs> damn it, Hillary. Like, <laughs> she's. I mean, just like you though. I mean, not afraid of some grunt work. Loves working hard. Uh, sleds are. Yeah, that's your jam. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. Number I mean, one. You're the only person. I can say this with confidence. You're the only person ever to leave a class without sleds to come in the middle of the class. I think it was last oh, summer. Yeah. Yeah. I you walked this. out of a build class because we were doing sleds and thrive and said, Hey, I'm going to do the last portion with you yeah, guys. Yeah, Cause you're this. doing sleds. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> just remember thinking like, for, first of all, like, hell yeah, let's go. Like, I mean, you know me, I love a good sled push, but, um, but you're definitely like the only person I think has ever done that. But you know, it's the, the thing that, um, that's unique or special about that is there's a mindset I think around it. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, obviously it's front of mind for me because we just came from like a mindset leadership yeah, <laughs> seminar yeah. literally right now. Um, but I mean, I don't know if you ever take a second to pause on that, but that, that mindset is rare. And like, I guess I would say pretty elite to like want the more challenging aspect of something. Right. Oh like uh, yeah. A yeah. lot of people kind of want to check the block and I don't want to say like the least invasive way possible, but yeah. the appropriate amount of invasiveness to their day to feel like accomplished that I got a good workout 
but like not so far that like we're doing echo bike, you know, sleds and, you know, like heavy farmers carries or something like real nasty. Um, but I feel like, you know, you look forward to those days. So do you feel like there's any background to those? Like, uh, is that like, were you, you know, like, are we, did you grow up on a farm? Do you have anything that like you feel like points to that? No, I mean, definitely, uh, Bolivar is a rural community for sure. Um, you know, lots of, kids in high school that, you know, that were in my class or, you know, were, you know, did come, did live on farms, but not me personally. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, I I definitely just kind of think my parents, you know, both of them, um, you know, kind of a, you know, head down, work hard type mentality people. Um, and so, you know, certainly I think that got into me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like sleds are, I mean, I suck at squatting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sleds I don't suck at and they're super hard still. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I mean, like I sledge one of the things that I seek out. Yeah. Um, I mean, doing both programs every day is, I don't have to worry about it, but even like, even when I was not doing it, you know what I mean? Sleds would be when I was just doing one. Yeah. Sleds would definitely be something that I seek out. Yeah. Went towards. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I always have like in programming it's always like sort of a catch 22. Cause it's like, we have some, not many people who like love it and look forward to it. Yeah. And then a huge chunk of people who I would say are, I would use the term fearful, maybe less so than like, they don't like it. It's just yeah. like, you know, it puts you into a, I mean, you know, the feeling it just puts you into a little bit of a different feeling uh, the echo bike does the same. And I try to always explain to people that the reason is because they're simple movements. You don't like a squat. You've got a lot of stuff to think about and you've got a lot of stuff to like get loose to have a good squat day. Mm. It's like your ankles have to be feeling good. Your knees, your hips, your lower back, all that stuff's got to be kind of in line. Apparently I've not got all that stuff loose ever. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Never had a good yeah, squat right. day. Yeah. We just got to get somebody to like jam you down like Jean-Claude Van Damme, get you a stretching team to like force you into those positions. Um, you know, but like stuff has to kind of be going right. Right. And then you see people who are natural scars like Maria. It's just like, she could just jump on a bar right now yeah. like today out of the car. No problem. Um, so it is good to like lean into your weaknesses, uh, and lean or sorry, lean into your strengths like that. Um, but you know, I always just think like if people understood more that like the simpler something is the less you have to think about it, which means the more that you can just the only limitation yeah. is your mind on yeah, it. Yeah. If you can go, go, go. Um, and truly like pushing your body to its real limits. Whereas like, you know, your squat form might just not be bad or you might have tight hips. So your squat's limited because you have tight hips. I was going to say like with the sleds, I definitely get into that mentality of like, I'm going to push this fucking sled. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and try to find that point yep. to where I don't want to find a point to where I can't push it. Right. But I want it to be like, just shy of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, I would, I like that internal monologue when you get to that sticking point. Yeah. And you have to just be like, but I don't get to, I don't, I don't find myself having that same mentality with squats for sure. Right. Maybe it's because I'm not good at that, but I, I don't think so. Like, right. I don't, I don't think it translates the same for, for whatever reason with me anyways. Well, right. And, and it's like the, the simpler version of the squat, like you can get to a point where it might, right. Maybe. Um, but it's just not like you can't work output typically as much. Right. But, um, you know, the simpler movement, you know, you take a, a, just a full out sprint as like a simple example. It's like, if you really have somebody truly run like an all out 200 meters, 
and they're actually able to tap into that mental place to really get the most out of their body and sprint like 200 meters is all you can do like that'll mess you up you'll be rolling around dying um and then a lot of people won't be able to tap into that because they aren't a great sprinter or they you know, haven't worked on their running mechanics or their, their mind shuts down and doesn't let them go as fast as they want. But like you found a thing with sleds and certain people, for certain people, it might be squats or thrusters or something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It could right. be squats for somebody else. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Usually like thrusters are probably a bigger one, but like for me, like I usually have to stop thrusters because thrusters. yeah, right. My, my hips are back hurt or my, or my heart rate gets so out of control, but it's not like my legs and muscles are like burning like they do on a sled. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, I always like to, that stuff is fun for me to analyze based on like different height characteristics, mobility characteristics, life backgrounds. Like, were you a wrestler? You know, did you do these yeah, things? Yeah. Like that's like for Matt LaMonica, like that kind of makes sense to me. You hear his background. You talk about wrestling practice. And yeah, all yeah. Stuff. It's like, okay, it's no surprise. He loves just the, the grunt work aspect of all of this um, because that's what's nature. It's like his nature. Right. Yeah. Um, so I always find that stuff interesting. I always like to ask that question. And see yeah. if it like comes from somewhere um, or if it's just like kind of an innate weird, like, yeah, I, I would say it's, yeah, maybe a little bit kind of that, just that hard, but other than that, maybe just whatever innate from here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your favorite things like right now? If you have to look like six months, miles, what are the fa- your favorite things to kind of come in and work on at the gym? Yeah. Um, sleds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Power queens. I like power queens. Yeah. Power queens are fun. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, so much that I just switch squat queens to power queens anytime those are on the program. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I tell you, I I really liked the narrow grip bench. Yeah. Um, that was not something I. I mean, not that I before the, all of this, I'd never spent very much time in a gym to begin with, but I'd never done any narrow grip bench. Yeah. Really like that. Yeah. Um. Deadlift. I was afford to deadlifting. I like deadlifts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope we get a deadlift cycle here after mm-hmm. this full body thing we're doing. Yep. Yep. Four weeks maintenance cycle. And then I think we're deadlifting is a part of it. Yep. I figured. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll give the option for this one. I think last one we did gave the option too, maybe, but sometimes I'll like force force mandate doing sumo versus conventional. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to say between the two so yeah. for the maintenance cycle, we will, but I don't think we, I think for the, uh, we'll force it, but for the, um, the real cycle, I think will allow people to choose. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's always interesting for me. I did a assessment a long time ago. It's like a, one of the top, like, I guess you call them coaches, uh, in the industry. And, you know, they always had these metrics where like your sumo and your conventional should never be more than like 5% apart. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my conventional was like 565, 575 was like lifetime PR. And then I did a sumo and I could barely do like 415. Yeah. Um, and I was like, holy shit. Like in 415 felt like a truck. I mean, it was like killed me to pick it up. And I was yeah. like, wow, okay. I'm, what if you're like, <laughs> 40% or whatever that yeah, is. What if yeah, you're like yeah. 27% difference? And he goes, that's really, really bad. And I was Why? like, yeah. So it's, uh, I think more than anything, it's a disparity in your just your general mechanics. Yeah, um, yeah. so I think it, for me, it probably was both parts form and function. Um, but at the time I was dealing, like I had a lot of really bad groin issues. Um, and so I wasn't able to like access these certain parts of my mobility that were really important for my glutes to engage and all this. So I could set that up in a conventional stance. I couldn't do that in a sumo stance. 
so I did a whole cycle of sumo and got my sumo up well above 500 and everything like from then on has kind of been fine. Um, but it was an interesting assessment tool. So I do always tell people that like going into a, going into like a deadlift cycle, if you feel like there is a big disparity in which one you do, which I assume you're a conventional guy. Most guys are I like the, the sumo, like the, the hip hinge or whatever right. like is a little bit problematic for specifically right. with my left hip. Right. Um, so I don't prefer that. I definitely yeah. like conventional better. And so that's like, but it's low hanging fruit a lot of times. Cause it's like, that's something that'll, if that is a actual weak spot, not just like a, I don't know how to do this movement as well, mm. you know? So it's like a, like just a form thing, um, which you'll get better at from doing, but an actual like function thing where it's like, Hey, you're actually like not functioning properly, which is why there's a disparity here. Getting that up to speed. You'll see that carry over to all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, anything in that kind of wider stance. So there'll be sandbags. There'll be, um, power cleans, all that kind of stuff will, will start to improve from that. So, um, so something to think about if you're going, to I don't, I don't mind it. We did sumos the other, I don't know, a few days ago. Or yeah. Maybe I forced it on to people more like now. That. Back then I just used to write deadlifts and everybody would just conventional, conventional deadlift yeah. all the time. Um, you know, and then if you really watch, like if you watch all the, you know, world strongest man, you watch all the power lifters, like really a majority of those guys will sumo, sumo. Yeah, a yeah. lot of them, unless they're kind of built like us. Um, Longer femur guys will tend to be more conventional. Um, but, you know, if you, if you kind of think about that, and so many of those guys are sumo and they do squat a little bit wider and some of those things, then, you know, you kind of have to look at it like, okay, well, you are more mechanically advantaged. So yeah. it shouldn't be a huge disparity unless you've sort of got an, uh, you know, a mechanical issue going on. So that's always kind of something. So now, ever since that day, that was six years ago, uh, ever since then, I try to program where like, there are certain days where you just can't like not do it. Yeah, yeah. And then we also do more sandbag stuff and more stuff that's naturally in the sumo stance too. Um, I think it was a row. It was row and then come off the rower and do sumo squats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I try to throw them more in both now. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, it was thrive. It was, it was, thrive. It was on thrive side. Yeah, it was thrive. And it <laughs> yeah, was, we did that. yeah, yeah. It was a building. Yeah. yeah. And that was getting heavy. So, um, Sorry, I got tangent. Okay, so no, yeah, things we're working on. Power, now, do you track that stuff? Have you started tracking your workouts? Do you track like weights and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I, I kind of know where my upper echelon is or upper levels are or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm not one to try for PRs a whole, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of good to operate at 90%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of get to 90% and just yep. kind of keep you know, whatever. And then periodically find whatever, try, try a new PR or whatever. That's yeah. good. That's fine. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of all the primary lifts or all the, all the ones that we do fairly frequently, I kind of know my, my numbers or whatever. Across be interesting the board. to keep track of a sled PR. Yeah. And actually, I'm actually, I'm not sure I know that. Yeah. I'm sure you can kind of ballpark roughly in your head because we've done max days with it, but it's so much weight typically that yeah. like, people don't sit there and like actually really count all the way down. Yeah, yeah. So, Oh, hello Gus. Welcome back. Um, all right. So how do you like to, so this is what, this is our transition into bigger life stuff. Um, because you've got a lot of hobbies, things I want to discuss. Yeah. Um, how do you use your fitness outside of friendships walls? This was this, when you sent me the questions I looked at, and this was the question I was like, I don't even know how to answer this. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not sure that I do. Really? 
Now, I was thinking, unless I'm not understanding the, the, kind of the question I was thinking properly. like I was thinking fishing trips was kind of where my head went yeah. because you do at least an annual fishing trip, but more more than annual, right? You oh do. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean the big trip is to Montana. Yep. Every well, whatever. Generally, it's August, and last year was in May. Yeah. But um, but uh, this year it's in August again. Although now we're going twice a year, so yeah. <laughs> so now it's like a short trip in June and a long trip in, in August, but, um, you know, and, and those are fishing trips, but it's also kind of hiking and, you know, I mean, right. we'll hit a national park or something like that and, and do some hiking as well. Yeah. Um, but like I was a strong hiker before getting into all this, right? Like that, that wasn't a problem for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure I could necessarily really say like, Oh yeah, that's, I mean, like maybe I'm a stronger hiker right now but i was already a pretty good hiker before or not weaker not weaker yeah, yeah, or anything yeah. but yeah 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 right um the only other way the only other way i could maybe see it i mean like you know i mean we fish rivers right yeah. not ponds lakes right. oceans right it's rivers and i remember when i first got into fly fishing like you you look at a river you're standing on the bank of the river you look at it looks like it's not moving that yeah you think i got this yeah you get into that river and that current is strong yeah and and you know like a lot of the rivers especially on montana are freestone base right so like the the bed of the river is not Sturdy. Yeah. 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 Your foot moves around and it's hard to get good, solid planted foot yeah. footing. And so the combination of the two, you know, I mean, like I'm pretty good at it now. You, you get acclimated to it, right? Like anything right. you get yeah. used to it and you figure out how, how to, to work it. But like early on, you know, like you go over, you yeah. go down. Um, and that's okay. You know what I mean? But I mean, like, that's, I guess probably some, there's some application there yeah. from the gym. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's hard, uh, to feel like being, you know, stronger, more balanced, uh, for all that, you know, even just in the process of, let's say you have a great day and you, know, you catch six, seven fish and you're carrying them all the way back. Oh, um, no. We catch them at least. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It all goes back in the river. So yeah, we never do that. Yeah. But, but yeah, fair. I mean, fair point yeah. for yeah. sure. Now I'm interested when you're like, what are you fishing when you're out there? Type of fish? Yeah. Trout primarily. Okay. Um, in Montana. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's uh rainbow brown cutthroat is kind of the, how big? Um, I mean, anywhere from the small guys are seven, eight, nine inches, yeah. 10 inches, whatever, up to a couple feet. Yeah. 24. I mean, if you catch 24 inch trout, that's, that's a good catch. Yeah. So now do you guys separate out when you go out on the trip? Like, are you, are you close and talking or are you separate and individual? Um, for the most part, uh, pretty close because we're, we're floating on a boat. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, like generally speaking, we'll fish four or maybe five days and most pretty much our program has come to be all, but one of those days will be with a guide in a boat. Okay. So then like, you know, like you're pretty close quarters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a, not that big a boat. It's a drift boat, yep. you know, so it's tight quarters and, you know, but I mean, it's good though too, because there's that social, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like, you know, it's good from that perspective too. Um, but then, then that other day, a lot of times that's when we go into Yellowstone. Okay. We'll go into Yellowstone and we'll just kind of, we won't have the guy with us. We'll just freelance. I call it freelance. And yeah. um, we'll just kind of freelance and, you know, like, we'll whatever, we'll go to Lamar Valley or something like that, whatever. We'll find, we'll decide where we're going to go within the park yeah. to fish and, you know, like whatever, we'll pick a spot. And then we do kind of separate, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I'll go downstream, my buddy will go upstream or vice versa or whatever. Hmm. Um, you know, and so then you are kind of by your own, on your own by yeah. yourself and, you know, running, running your, running your seam down the, down the river, down yeah. the stream or whatever. And, um, those days are, a guide is a huge difference. Yeah. Those days are, you know, the kind of find the spots are, where you know the spots. If you spots. catch one or two, that's a good day. Yeah. On your own. With a guide, you know, a good day's 12. Oh, wow. So that's a big difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah. And you guys have been doing that trip how long now? I think this is year six, I believe. Wow. And now two times a year, you said. Now, do you do? So, yeah. Sorry. So, so the, the reason for the two trips a year, last year we went in May because we wanted to fish some new rivers that we hadn't fished before. Yeah. And one of the rivers we both me and my buddy really liked yeah. called the big old river. Yeah. Kind of Dillon, Montana area. Yeah. Um, both of us really liked it. Very secluded. Um, you know, like we both, we both the Yellowstone river flowing North up out of Yellowstone. We both really like that float too, but there's a, you know, there's a highway right there. You're kind of crossing it back and forth. You're, you know, you're never far from that highway. Yeah. It's a gorgeous float, you know, pretty river, lots of good scenery and all that and good fishing too, yeah. obviously, but you don't feel that far out. Yeah. You know, the big hole river, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So we fished the big hole river last year. Both of us really liked it. Yeah. Had a good day, caught a lot of fish. And so when we got back last year, I said to my buddy, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about maybe two trips a year? Yeah. You know, because the big old river shuts down every year. Oh, it fishes, okay. it fishes up through about June 20th. Well, and a lot of that stuff's just mountain runoff, right? Like when it's the water be, pressure yeah. changes right, and right. when that pressure gets wonky, the fish flush out and right. they go elsewhere. Yeah. So, um, and it's best, the best fishing for the big hole is right before that changes. Yeah. So I said, to, I said to my buddy, yeah, I was like, what do you think about yeah, yeah. Two, we'll take a, Long weekend in June, you know, kind of June 15th to June 20, somewhere in there. Fish a big hole a couple of days yeah. and then run our normal program in August. Now, do you start rolling into your country twang like you just did when you start oh, talking about I? the trip? Yeah, did. I didn't even notice. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't even notice I did. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he was all for it, yeah. which didn't surprise me. I kind of knew it was going to be. Yeah. But, um, and so... Uh, so yeah, so I think, I mean, this is the first year that we're doing it that way, but I think that's going to be, and so that's coming up a couple weeks. Yeah. Nice. Um, June, I think the weekend is June 17 and 18. Nice. So we fly out on this on Friday, the 16th fish, 17 and 18 fly back on the 19th. That's awesome. You excited? Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so cool. I mean, I feel like, um, 
you know, that, that idea to me is super appealing. The idea of like, we, we take a trip for like a specific adventure, you know, like that to me seems so appealing. And every time you come back from these trips, I'm sure you feel it from Maria and I were always like, like, that sounds amazing. Like yeah. we're super like jealous of that. It is um, amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, and now have you always fished like your whole life? Uh, I fished growing up different though. Never fly fishing. Yeah. Always spin rod bass fishing basically. Yeah. You know, but you know, summer times, whatever. Actually there was a pond in kind of in our neighborhood that was pretty good, pretty good bass fishing. Um, so fish growing up. So, and then like, you know, junior high and high school, I got away from it. You know, I got busy with basketball and, yeah. you know, socializing with friends and all that got away from it. And through high school and even really through most of my or through my twenties and, and kind of into my early thirties, didn't really fish at all. Yeah. And then, um, one of my best friends from high school, um, his, I mean, he, it was his second marriage, but like, it, like the little bachelor party, we went to Wilmington, North Carolina and did ocean and did some ocean fishing. Oh yeah. And that kind of got me, that was, that literally was kind of what triggered me getting back into fishing. Yeah. Um, and that was fun. But man, when I started fly fishing, it was a whole different level. Like yeah. growing up bass fishing and ocean fishing too, same thing. You know, it's down in the water column. Yeah. Fly fishing. And sometimes you do that with fly fishing too. Yeah. A lot of fly fishing is surface. Yeah. And like, so the first year that I got into fly fishing, um, you know, I took a couple classes at Orvis. And, you know, they're like these introductory classes. Yeah. That went, you know, I liked it. That went, that went just fine. And then my buddy, I, I can't even remember how we figured, we stumbled on the fact that he fly fishes now. Like I'm kind of getting into it. Mm -hmm. He'd been doing it since college. Yeah. But didn't really have, you know, I mean, did, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think kind of did it sporadically, you know, a little here, a little there, whatever. Yeah. Um, and somehow, I don't remember how it happened. We kind of, figured out or we stumbled on the fact that now all of a sudden we're, this is something that we're both interested in. Yeah. And he's got a second house up in Northwest Michigan, lower peninsula, Northwest. And, um, so when we stumbled onto it, he's like, you want to go to Montana and fly fish? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to go to Montana yeah, right. and fly fish. Yeah. You know, like I want to go to Montana period. Yeah. Right. You know, fly fishing or not. Um, and he goes, you know, so we kind of figured out, okay, yeah, we're going to go up and we went in June that year, that first year. And that was not the best time, but we didn't know any better at the time. Yeah. Um, well, we went to, we went to, up to his house in Northwest Michigan, Northwest Michigan, I don't know, a week or two before that first trip. And his house, like literally walk out the back door, across, walk across the deck, down a couple like outdoor flights of steps and you know, hopping river. Yeah. And so, you know, we go up there that weekend to basically for me to practice yeah. fly fishing before we go to Montana. And we get up there, you know, it's like a seven hour drive. We get up there, crash for the night. Next morning, get up, you know, gear up, go down, hop in the river. He goes upstream, I go downstream. And so I'm, you know, kind of like looking for, I, okay, I'm like, all right, I like that little that little seam right there. So like I, I fish, I start fishing at, you know, throwing my line over there, running it down. And the first time that I saw trout, like 
literally come up out of yeah, the water leap, right? to attack. It didn't leap, but you saw its head come up out of the water to attack that fly. I had like a little beetle yeah. tied on. But to see that fish come up out of the water and attack that fly was, I mean, I was hooked right there. Yeah. Like it was, and I haven't touched a spin rod since. Yeah. Literally, I gave my spin rods to my nieces and nephews. Like, yeah, I was, I don't say I'm done with that, but I mean, like, it's just not on the same level for me. Yeah. No, it's really cool. That's such a cool story too. And I mean, it's like, I feel like that kind of stuff too, whenever you get into sort of a new passion, like yeah. it kind of has to be, I don't want to say like a moment like that, but there's that, you know, that experience. It's cool that your friend, um, was able to sort of give you that, um, oh, yeah. before, before For you guys sure. went. So that's awesome. Do you still go up to this place in Michigan? Too? Yeah, all, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the time. You right. know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's a trip up to Michigan. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. I think the, the font, the last, whatever it was, I think you guys have been 19, I think. I mean, we were literally up there like once a month mm-hmm. from like April through November. You know, we were up there once a month. Yeah. Um, you know, and then COVID happened and, and in Michigan, yeah, I mean, they shut the guides, down. they shut yeah, the guiding right. services down. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, obviously not as much, you know, since, whatever, since COVID's kind of fallen back off, you know, I mean, we're back up there more again, but not quite as much as 19, Yeah, but yeah, I mean, get up there a good bit still. Yeah. Nice. Well, that was awesome. I, I mean, I love hearing, uh, first of all, more than anything, this is the thing I try to tell people all the time uh, about engaging with people. One of the reasons I love doing the podcast is I love hearing like what people are passionate about. Yeah. Like more than anything in the world. I don't care if... I mean, I've had, I've had everyone from, you know, super computer nerds talking about computer stuff, board games, you know, I mean, you name it. Um, it, it on the surface, if I was like, hey, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about, you know, board games, you might be like, oh, well. But like hearing people's passion towards stuff and hearing the story, I feel like it's always like motivating Number one, I think it's awesome that you, the, that you have like such a passionate hobby that for, that you like, you can take trips around and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I also really enjoy the aspect of fly fishing that you get to see some of those beautiful scenery in the world. Mm, yeah. And there's a pretty big skill component to it. So like my cousin makes his own flies and he's like pretty serious into doing yeah. that. Um, but even just in talking with him, just about the skill component of it, you know, it's not just like, even, even with a guide, you're saying you catch that many fish, like you still have to be pretty good at it, you know? Like you yeah. Still- and it's, it's different than a spin rod, you know, or a bait caster or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you've cast, if you've cast a, a standard fishing rod, I, I feel like you'll pick, I mean, I picked it up pretty quick. Yeah. You know, like the actual casting process. Mm-hmm. It's certainly more complicated with fly fishing than yep. it is with a, a spin rod or a bait cast or whatever. But I picked it up and, and I feel that anybody that's cast a fishing rod in there, you know, with any, with, I don't even want to say regularity, but, you know, any fair number of times right. would pick it up fairly quickly. Yeah. I've never, There's, there are little nuances to it that you kind of help yourself out, you know, like little tricks to it and all that, that yeah. make yourself better. Yeah. But like the basic process of it, like, I feel like if you've, if you've cast a fair number of times, you're going to pick yeah. it up fairly quick. I think you can count my casts on one hand in my life. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. So maybe you would kind of struggle, but yeah. 
But that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I enjoy that aspect. I mean, anything at this point that's kind of outdoors. Um, like I'm not a big hunter. I don't like, I don't like the idea of killing things. Like that's just yeah. not, not, not for me. Um, but, um, but I like, I mean, catch and release fishing. I like, I love water. I love mountains. I yeah. love outdoors. Pretty much any area where you could fish for the most part, like I love being in. Yeah. Um, so it's always been super appealing for me. Um, but at the same moment, I also like hate fish. Really? Yeah. To it, eat or, it, or just kind of period. Really? Yeah. Like just not a, not a fish not guy. Not a fish guy. No. Fair. Like don't like the smell. Yeah. Don't like the consistency, the touch. Yeah. Like I can't eat it at yeah. all. Period. Any shellfish, anything that's in water, period. I can't eat shrimp, crawfish. Yeah. Anything like that. So yeah, I don't know. It's like a, I have to be born of like a, weird like middle land like somebody like kansas totally landlocked like yeah. no no fishing not like sc- the opposite of scandinavia or like yeah, australia yeah. or something although there's good fly fishing in missouri the white river yeah, oh yeah is... no i know i mean you can fish anywhere right yeah, I mean, yeah it's like sure. there's there's Absolutely. Only, there's probably no i mean i would say probably most all like original tribes are all going to be fishing based in some capacity yeah. unless like you were blessed with millions of buffalo which that's where i have to be descended from right Bison, um, man the coolest land animal on the earth i know yeah and that's like i mean montana for me is probably like the like bucket list, the place I've never been that I really want to yeah. go. Um, you know, Maria is a huge Colorado person. So I, we're going to make it to that area, that Yellowstone area sooner rather than later. That'll probably like be one of our next vacations. Yeah. Um, you know, but and I think that area kind of once you go, I mean, I'm such like a history buff. Did you, did you watch 1883? I don't, watch any, I don't watch anything. <laughs> yeah, I think I kind of figured, right? But you did watch Seinfeld. You're a Seinfeld guy. Uh, did watch Seinfeld. Right, right. Yeah, for sure I'm a Seinfeld yeah. guy. Um, but um, 1883 might be interesting for you to watch. Is that, right? the, is that the kind of the precursor to Pretty Yellowstone cool. or whatever? Yeah. yeah, yeah, gotcha. And so, you know, set in 1883. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just basically kind of chronicles the journey west yeah. from Tennessee uh, post-Confederate War. I think I would like that. Literally, everybody, when Yellowstone first came out, everybody's like, you got to watch Yellowstone. You got to watch Yellowstone. You got to watch Yellowstone. You'll really like it. And I watched, I I still have only seen an episode or two. Yeah. And the first one that I saw, I was like, wait, this is set in like current times? I'm like, or fairly current. I was like, I was just hugely disappointed with that. Yellowstone suffers the, uh, there's like a problem of success with television shows now that like when they sit down and think of the idea, they sit down and they think about like two, maybe three seasons worth. Okay. So yeah. they call it 20 to 30 episodes. Right. Which if you think about it for hour long episodes, I mean, it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's, that's like a bit of content, like 12 movies. I mean, that's a yeah. lot of narrative to write. And so even that thought process is a ton. But then they get done for Yellowstone. I think it was two seasons. Then you get done with two seasons. Wow. And the popular. show is wildly popular. And yep. so then the production company is like, hey, like, we got to keep this yeah, gravy yeah. train rolling, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, just to keep coming up with shit. And like at that moment, that's when it becomes shitty pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, Game of Thrones had that experience kind of when they got off the books, they were like ahead of it. And then they were just like. Hey, maybe let's just let them finish the books. They're like, no, 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 no. This is way too popular. Like we've got to keep this going. Let's let these guys write the last couple seasons. 
and the last couple of seasons suck, right? Or the last seasons especially, but, um, you know, and then there's a few shows like newsroom comes to mind. Uh, the wire comes to mind where like, they were just like, you know, three, four seasons, two, three seasons. Like they just were what they were. And then Fell they off. didn't do any more after that, but they just let them be. Yeah. Um, you know, and Seinfeld did that. Chappelle show did that. They walked away when they were at their absolute peak because they knew like, we're watered down. Like it's just going to get shitty. Yeah. Um, but anyway, 1883, just one season. Um, and it's a standalone story. I don't think they're ever going to make another. Oh, right. It's not like a continuation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like a prequel one season story. Um, and then they made 1923, which I haven't, I haven't watched yet, but 1883 is really cool. That period of history wrapping your mind around, like you've been deals. I haven't even seen it in person. I've just talked with people who have and. But like imagining like you're just walking across the Great Plains and then like one day you just wake up and you're just like on this journey and you've been walking and riding and carry. And then one day you just like happen upon Yellowstone. Yeah. And it just has to like that wrapping your mind around that just has to be the most like inconceivable thing. It's just like the most pure beauty of nature. Yellowstone is, you know, like with national parks, like the big conversation is always like Yosemite or Yellowstone, mm -hmm. right? Um, I've been to Yosemite. I've been to Yellowstone. Yosemite is awesome because like when you're in Yosemite Valley, like the guts, the internal guts of Yosemite, I mean, it, every, everything is right on top of you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, like you can't turn around without seeing an awe-inspiring vista, yeah. you know? It's right there, super close, right on top of you. Yellowstone is not that way. Yellowstone is much more vast mm. and spread out. But everything that, everything that Yosemite has, Yellowstone has. Yeah. But not everything that Yellowstone has, Yosemite has. Right. And, and literally, the... the variety that Yellowstone has is insane. Yeah. It is, it is crazy how much different, really cool stuff is in, yes, is in Yellowstone. Yeah. And that's, you know, the couple of people I've talked to, they all said, I mean, Teddy Roosevelt thing. knew what the hell he was doing when right. he marked that for a national, I mean, like it's, yeah, it's crazy good. Well, I mean, it, I think one of the, the great disservices to this country that like, maybe schools, people, the population generally doesn't do is like, people don't go and travel to national parks. I mean, they are amazing. Yeah. Like my real experience where we, where I spent a lot of time with Shenandoah in Virginia, Oh yeah, um, right outside, it's an hour outside of DC. And I mean, it, and it's amazing. It's so gorgeous. Um, you know, it, it's pretty universally true. I mean, we have great, national parks and they're really well taken care of. Yep. Um, they've all got great camping sites and all that stuff. And pretty much everyone that I talked to that has gone to Yellowstone, they all say like, man, you really need to just like block like eight days or something yeah. just to see it all. Yeah. Um, because it is so vast. Yeah. So it's that's kind of park. Yeah. That's the big thing. I, you know, Marie and I have been talking about is like, when we do go, we want to make sure we're not like crunched for time and don't go, go when, when kids are in school. Yeah. Don't go in the summertime when the kids are out of school. Yeah, yeah. Go on the shoulder seasons or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. That September, like late April, early May. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's, I mean, it's it's such a cool part. That probably skips ahead to one of our questions later, one of our for fun yeah, questions. Yeah, but, I know. Um, all right, now I just found out our other hobby, which I can see you not using fitness for, uh, but is your pool league. I didn't know you were in a pool league. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about that. How long has that been going on? Uh, I think this is the fourth year maybe that I've been been in that. Um, and uh, literally just yesterday was the the final day of the tournament. So the tournament, the tournament started last weekend, a week ago. Um, and yesterday was the final day we made, we made the final day. We made, we, we took fourth place overall in the tournament. I don't know how many teams, but I mean like, I don't know, 50 plus teams. I think overall, like at the beginning of the tournament. Um, so, you know, last weekend, Saturday, we won both matches, uh, Tuesday, we played Tuesday evening. We played lost super close match, but we lost. Um, so that dropped us down in the loss bracket. Wednesday night we played and won. And then third or, and then we were off Thursday and Friday. And then, so basically at that point, then we were into the final day, which yeah. was yesterday, Saturday. Um, and won a few matches and then, nice. and then lost another super close one. But what's the format? Um, like how is a match structured? Uh, okay. So it is, uh, five players, each team and it's, it's eight ball. It's eight ball, but there, there's some different rules. And like, I th- like, I think if you and I were to go to play, yeah, I think it would be a little bit different. Like let's say you and I go play and somebody scratches. I'm assuming you probably place the eight behind. ball on the one end behind that's the dog, hand, right? Probably. Yes, that's yeah. right. Um, table scratch, which, you know, could be any number of things, uh, including a scratch, uh, scratching the eight ball or scratching the, the cue ball. But also, you know, like if you don't hit your own object ball yeah. or another one is if you hit an object ball, but neither the cue ball nor the object ball, hits a rail. Mm. That's a table scratch. Mm. So anyways, something like that. So if I like, if I'm going for a long corner, and, and I hit like my angle shot and it rolls, but comes short. That's, that's a scratch. That's a table scratch. Assuming the cue ball also does not hit it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Hmm. Yeah. And so if any, any, any table scratch like that, it uh, gives the, the next player, the other player yeah, ball in hand. So and you're you playing all five anywhere you want. Rotation? All five um, rotation. Okay. So we play, uh, generally speaking, we play two tables. Okay. So two guys are going at any one time, but gotcha. like literally yesterday, the first match was two tables, but after that was three. Oh, wow. I mean, so I mean, it is moving fast. So then like when you show up to a table, you're moving tables. And so. Well, generally you play on the same two or three tables. Okay. So it's like, you know, like yesterday uh, in our starting with our second match, it's like, okay, tables, uh, I think it was four, five and six. Yeah. Those are our three tables for that match. So like Alex is going to play on table four for this whole match. No, no, no. You're going to rotate. Might, That's what I'm saying. So it every, just depends. It depends on how the timing and the sequence goes. Yeah. Cause like some, you know, like some games go super quick. Other games turn into real cat and mouse games, right? You know, like the balls are jumbled up or, right. or players don't have good shots. And they, so they play a safety shot, you yeah. play a safety right. shot to, to make it hard on your opponent. But then when you walk up, I mean, you've got to rediscern the situation as you see it before you play. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. a new, so yeah. oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Where do you play at? Uh, our home venue is Hound Dogs Pizza on campus. Oh, okay. Right, um, nice. Which the tables are not very good. Yeah. But, but uh, the silver lining is both te- each team gets a free large pizza, uh, however you want it, many toppings, whatever kind of crust, whatever. Yeah. 
Um, so everybody, both teams, the players each get a free drink as well. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's standard anywhere. Yeah. The, right. The pizza is kind of the calling card for, for us. I love it. Um, I think, I think our captain, I think he knows the guy that owns Hound Dog, something yeah. like that. Like, that's, so how do you, is this like guys you work with, or how did you get into this? No, uh, I just kind, I literally just kind of fell into. I kind of met the guy through another person. Yeah, uh, our captain. I kind of met him through another person or whatever, and, um, you know, like we kind of stumbled on again, kind of stumbled on the fact that we, you know, like whatever, shoot pool, and you know, so he's like, yeah, you want to shoot pool some one night, you know, whatever. So the three of us went out, shot pool. And, you know, I mean, like, I'm a good player, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not on the level of some of the guys yeah. I play with. Right. Like, you know, these guys are playing four or five nights a week. And, yeah. You know, like, I'm not to that level. Yeah. But, but I'm, a, I'm a good shot. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got a good eye and, make, and I, I'm a good shot. My biggest, the biggest difference between me and those guys is those guys can manipulate the cue ball. Yeah, right. Like, they're like, oh, I want the cue ball over here for my next shot. Yeah. You know, and that's where, that's where it comes to rest. Yeah. I can't do that. And, and when I try, like if I'm worried about the next shot, I'm, that's when I start missing a shot that I should make. Yeah. So yeah, my, we got a, my dad loves pool. It's yeah. like one of his, my dad's a, like, I mean, he is a true like eighties bar guy. Like if you yeah. look at like a, you know, an eighties bar movie, I feel like that's kind of, it still lives inside of him. You know, he's a Wisconsin, you know, Illinois guy. So a lot of, a lot of winter bar time. And yeah. so, you know, that there's long like, winters. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of cribbage. There's a lot of beer. There's a lot of pool. There's shuffleboard. You don't play cribbage. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, yeah, my dad was big. You know, we played all these games growing up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's like a cool. So cribbage is cool. And I, I don't know if you've ever been much in Wisconsin. I've not been to Wisconsin oh. other than to just drive through it. Yeah, man. First of all, you'd love it. The people are amazing. The bars are amazing. But a lot of the bars in Wisconsin, at least maybe some of the more like old school bars, um, they have cribbage tables built into the bar. I, I was just going to say they're built in, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. And so it's it's kind of a cool cool thing and he's got some pretty cool um he's gotten gifts um from like you know um you know big business deals stuff that people would make a custom cribbage board yeah, yeah. and stuff so um but they still play a lot he still plays a lot of cribbage yeah um, him and him and his like buddies that they that they kind of drink with and hang out with um but you know when we were probably I don't know. I'd say like maybe 15, 16. Um, you know, my parents built out our basement to just be the kid where it's like the room where you put the kids. Oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it was a real beater room and, and it was bulletproof, you know, yeah, just yeah. ready for any panel walls, concrete with Long like a shelter. small strip of, of, of like, I would call it like turf, but it was like real thin carpet. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and rightfully so, I mean, me and my brother just, we beat the hell out of these things, but we went from kind of like a ping pong table to a pool table around that time. And tight walls right it's kind yeah. of like creamer yeah yeah messing um, with your, yeah messing with it but man i played yeah i mean i played 25 games a day i would play all yeah. the time i played by myself i'd work angle yeah. shots all that stuff yeah, yeah. um so i was i was real good when i went into the army i was real good um which is fun to go into the army and, and sure. in the bars in virginia uh, all the bars in virginia you can still smoke in a lot of pool halls yeah. and um and so i would play all the time and it's a very like guy infantry army army thing to do um and so it has a lot of darts a lot of pool 
And then, you know, when I went down to the tomb, you really can't drink, you really can't go out, you really can't do anything. So I just kind of stopped playing for a while. Um, and my brother actually kind of got my parents pool. They got a pool table recently. And so he told me about that. Actually, yeah, He's got a great room for it. Yeah. Um, I think he got it from his boss, didn't he? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the pain in the ass of the pool table is moving, moving it, getting yeah. it leveled and yeah, getting yeah. it all set up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, you, you think in your head, it's such a simple game. You think you can come back and like you said, manipulate the cue ball. Like I used to be able to do really, yeah. really well. Um, but then you're just not making your corners. You're not making your shots yeah. like you should. Um, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a fun, I, like I love playing pool. It's one of my favorite ways to spend time with people. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, it's yeah. so social, maybe and, not with three tables going on at the same time. And I, I, I like ping pong even more, yeah. although like pool is much more relaxed. Yeah. It's very, you know what I mean? Right, like right. it's ping pong is, Ping pong is fairly intense. Yeah, right. Uh, pool is, you know, nice and relaxed and a better way to to socially hang out with. Yeah, for sure, somebody. for sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played ping pong in forever. Um, yeah. We had a cousin who was a really good tennis player. Who's a really good ten- yeah. uh, ping pong player that translates back and forth pretty well. Yeah, and so then it was like I would play him, and I mean, he'd beat me a hundred to zero, yeah, a thousand <laughs> times in a row. And yeah, you'd be lucky if you even got a shot over. Um, but then I'd go back and play my friends, and like you'd do pretty well. Game slows down for you. Yeah, um, you know, I miss some of that. So we don't have any of those kind of games in the in the house or around, but. Um, but I, you know, that kind of stuff, um, a pool league, I think specifically like sounds real fun, bowling league, pool league, all this stuff sounds yeah. real fun to me. Yeah. I, I like the social aspect of that. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome that you're, that you're doing that. That's really cool. Um, do you have any other, are we missing anything? Fishing pool? What other things? Any other really Regular cool hobbies? hobbies? I mean, I play basketball Saturday mornings. Do you? Nice. Yeah. I mean, again, when I'm in town, when I don't leave town, yeah. um, no, I, I would say that's kind of the primary ones. What do you yeah, mean? I mean you don't use your fitness. You use your fitness to play basketball. Well, I, yeah, but I was doing. I was again. I was doing. And I mean, like it's it's old man basketball. Yeah. Like it's not. Not only is it old man basketball, but I, I've even kind of abandoned the post. I mean, I'm a I'm a post player. You know, I mean, like by trade, so to speak. Now like, you're a European big. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. What they call me all the because I tell you, like not that long ago. I mean, I mean, since I've been at the gym. I mean, you know, I go into the post and like, you know, some of the guys don't know how to play. You know, like, yeah. And I mean, like literally I, I, I pivoted towards the baseline and went up and shot a bank shot. And the guy that was defending me, like sucked up underneath of me while I was in the air and I come down, I roll my ankle. Yeah. Right. You know? And like that kind of thing happens in the post that doesn't happen out on the perimeter. Right. You know? Right. And so I'm, I'm just like, I mean, literally I remember when that happened I mean, I knew I was done playing basketball for the day. Yeah. You know, like it was, we played from eight to 10 in the mornings. Yeah. It was eight forty or something like that. And I knew I was done for the day. Fine. Yeah. But I was like, fuck. I was like, if I have to miss CrossFit for like the next yeah. week or whatever it is. Yeah. But honestly, man, I, I read and I did like the hot and cold back and forth. Yeah. And that worked crazy good. Yeah. Crazy good. Yeah. And I mean, I wore high tops in the gym. I remember Mitchell making fun of me for it. Um, but I wore high, but I didn't miss this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. By, by Monday I was able to, and I mean, I tweaked some of the stuff, you know, like I, I did like when we would do the, uh, what are the jumps back and forth? Like hiding jumps, hiding jumps. Yeah, yeah. When we, like, I wouldn't do the, you know, like, so I mean, whatever, I kind of changed some of the stuff up a little bit, yeah. but for the most part, I was able to get back into it right away. And that was good. But like that kind of, like then the post, like that. Yeah. That was why, I mean, I had to stop playing while we competed, which for me was a, was a, I mean, that, that was hard, right? Like basketball really, 
if I mean, if I had to be honest, it's probably like my favorite thing I do. Yeah. Um, I really look forward to. Yeah. Um, and you know, when, when I was competing, I just couldn't risk yeah. the, the injuries, yeah, the sure. twisted ankles and the missing the weeks. Yeah. And, um, you know, and even probably just honestly, just the fatigue. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm the opposite. I have no post game at all. And everyone wants to put me in the post, right? <laughs> yeah, um, well, so, I mean, you're pretty tall. I mean, yeah, but I grew up. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't hit my growth spurt till I was like 17, 18. Yeah. So I grew up, I was 5'2", five, 5'3", five, when I played the vast majority of my basketball. Um, so I always was number one. I mean, I always played point. Yeah. And I feel really comfortable bringing the ball up the court and starting the offense. Like, that's what I love to do. Yeah. I love like pushing fast breaks. Like, that's that's all my favorite stuff. Um, and they all, everyone tries to get me down the post. They always put me against the big guy. Um, you know, obviously like I can do that and I've gotten better at it. Um, but like I'm a three point shooter. What, point what's, your, what's your favorite situation in basketball? Uh, probably a pick and pop. Like if I come, if I'm, uh, if I'm playing down in the post and I come up and pick on like the wing yeah, and, um, and I can roll off of that to a pop in the corner and, and get the pass and shot. That's probably like my favorite offensive. Um, I really, really enjoy, um, I, now I really love defense period. Me too. Um, but, uh, I would say probably like specifically on defense, I love trying to, um, like in fast break situations or even just in like coming across the lane to get a block on somebody. Like that's my favorite. Like if I'm jumping off of my guy to come over and contest, uh, that's like my favorite. So, um, cause like sometimes like people can't see you coming, you can get a real clean block on somebody, like your whole hand. Uh, so I enjoy that. Um, those are probably my two favorites. What about you? Uh, my favorite offense, defense, anything. I, I mean, a good block is great. Yeah. But, but I love being the one guy back and they've got a two on one or a three on one. Yeah. I and you win love it. that. Yeah. Yeah. I had one a couple of weeks ago where I won it, where I forced the extra pass and they fumbled the pass yeah. and went out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just for the most part, it's an effort thing. Yeah, it is. You know right. what I mean? It's like, yep. okay, I'm going to sell out right here, right now. I'm yep. going to do everything I can to fuck this up for them. Yep. And you know, well, it's kind of like, a, I always look at it as a win-win. If they score, everyone expects them to score. That's, yeah, that's you right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. You're and, kind of in a no-lose situation. Right. A little bit. And yeah, so like, sure. if they get it, like no one's going to fault you. No one's going to be like, Oh, what the fuck Alex? Right. Yeah. Um, but if you get it, they're they, yeah. I mean, you get, you get, yeah, yeah. everyone gets super excited for you. So, uh, yeah, I do love that situation. I don't know. I mean, basketball is just such a fun game. I loved coaching it. I mean, there's a, at some point in the future, I'll get back into coaching. Um, it, because I mean, coaching, it was ever been as fun as, as playing. Yeah. I mean, I love like the teams I grew up with that I had the most fun with, you know, we would run surprise trap, like full court traps. Oh, yeah. Um, and every, every time I've had an opportunity to coach like two or three different times at two or three different levels, I coached our army team for a little bit when I was hurt. Um, and you know, I got a lot of opportunities there and I've coached like youth, youth sports. Um, that's always my favorite thing to do is like, listen, we'll run like a, a, a semi tough, pick them up three quarter, you know, three quarter court, half court, uh, man, and just kind of lull them to sleep. And then like, we just yeah, would always have a rule where it's like, um, if they ever take a whistle after a bucket or they ever take a whistle down on their end immediately we all jump yeah, into it. That next possession. And then you just cha- totally change the tempo of the game immediately. Um, 
And, and dude, it gets, it gets the team fired up. They get yeah. the first steal and like the fans get back into it. It's fun to watch. It changes, it totally changes. It changes from a slow paced game to a fast paced game. Yeah. Um, and then you're just winning and dying on your conditioning, your effort. Um, so I like, I get super fired up even just thinking about coaching that. I, the coaching aspect does not appeal to me really for the, the biggest reason is like, I would not want to deal with at least from the youth end of thing, mm. like dealing with parents. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. I've always, with the youth stuff, I've always been an assistant. So the head coach has always kind of handled yeah. that. I mean, we were also really lucky. We really didn't have bad. We didn't have bad parents. I wouldn't say we had, I mean, you get some stuff, but I, relative to what I hear from parents, we didn't get bad stuff. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. and, and I, I think we were also really quick to just address stuff, um, abruptly and honestly, just like, listen, your, your kid's not getting playing time for these specific reasons. We have had that conversation with him specifically, and we have laid out exactly what he needs to do to be on the court more. Yeah. Um, so if you guys aren't having that conversation, that's a different conversation. Balls in your court. Right, right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it, a lot, it's, I think it takes a mass enabling culture to have bad parents. Yeah. I think it takes um, the other parents being okay with it. I think it takes the coaches being okay with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we sat down and I mean, a lot of this was um, Chris when we coached and the best thing he did was we sat down once we had our team established and we had a meeting with the, the parents and the, the kids together. And, and the very first slide was just, this is what we're about. This is what acceptable. This is what's not acceptable. You will immediately be removed from the team for one, two, and three. Yeah. We don't yell at the referees. We don't even worry about the referees. Yeah. It's middle school basketball. I can tell you right now, the referees are going to suck. Yeah. Right. Um, it, this, it, this is not their primary occupation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so he, he laid that stuff out and stayed super consistent across the whole time. And so then all the parents, listen, you were briefed on this. Yeah. And so, like, even if one of them started to say something in a game, it would be sharp looks from all the other parents, sharp looks from the coaches. And it would just be like, yeah, like, that's and so, good. I mean, that's a good way to address it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like the, the culture, obviously I just did my last podcast on, on youth sports, youth education, sports, whatever. Um, there's a cultural problem in there right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a, sure. a huge hundred percent agree with that. So I think, I think you're spot on to, to say that that's a hesitation, yeah. but that's the, that to me is, I mean, I think the sad part, cause all these, all these schools, they're all hurting for coaches. Everybody's hurting for youth coaches. Yeah. And I think a big reason is because of these culture problems. People don't want to yeah, deal yeah. with it. Nobody wants to deal with it. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, but, um, but I do think that you can address that stuff if you're yeah. aggressive, assertive enough. So, um, all right, we're over to the fun stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. $2,000. Dude, this is hard. Yeah, have to spend two thousand dollars is a lot of money. Well, if you if you haven't heard, we started with two hundred, and then people were like flying to f the south of France. Okay, all right. So, I, so, <laughs> so. My, my first rebuttal was going to be: Does travel expense factor in? Yeah. So I think I mean I think we have to allow you to get there, yeah. and then from there you're on your own. Yeah. However, even though that was my first rebuttal, I'm not sure it matters for me. Yeah. Because the restaurant I would, I would go to is Morton's. Okay. Which is, I mean, there's not one in Columbus anymore. Is there not? But. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. Cincinnati. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Right. yeah I mean, Chicago's got the original. I think, I mean, the original. I mean, like, you know, you don't have to go that far. Right. To get to a Morton's. Yeah. 
I mean, I was going to say, can I spend like 500 bucks and give the other 1500 to some charity or something Yeah, you, like do it, that? you can do whatever you want. <laughs> or you can just bring people with you, right? Um, um, yeah. Okay. So what are you ordering? Your go-to? Probably, I mean, either a porterhouse or a ribeye. Okay. Probably a ribeye. Yeah. As long as it's close enough in number of ounces because I want as much as I, as much steak as I can get. Right. Um, but, you know, assuming that the ribeye is pretty close ounces wise, like I'm getting a ribeye. Yeah. Um, if they have a Delmonico, that's what I want. Love it. Um, sometimes I have that, sometimes not. You know, after that, I mean, like, not much else matters. Not much else matters. You know, I mean, yeah. whatever, some kind of potato or yeah. whatever, good. Garlic mashed potatoes. Yeah, some kind of some kind of vegetable or whatever. Dessert, good. But yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, cheesecake yep. or yep. I like pie over cake. Okay. Generally speaking, go to um, pie. Cherry, black raspberry. Okay. Interesting. Rhubarb. I like rhubarb a lot. Never had a rhubarb. Oh man. Rhubarb. Mm. Good. What um, is rhubarb? It's a, it's a, like a stock. I don't know if it's a, it might be a vegetable. I'm not hundred percent sure. It's like mm. a stocky, but it's tart. Interesting. It's like tart. So w- what's good about it is like, if it's made to where like, it's got some sweet component in it and then also some tart component. Okay. Like, mm. Really good there. Interesting. Okay. All right. I like it. Yeah, you'll um, always get me on a good steak. Yeah, I mean, that, that stuns me. I, I, I mean, I feel like I've been to Morton's in Columbus, but I can't remember when that would have been. Man, oh, you mean that it's not here anymore? Yeah. Hasn't been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was in a crappy... Yeah. It was like, it was in like the... I mean, it was kind of downtown. And it was like, literally you could drive past the place and not even know it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah, last time we were at Morton's, I think it was my grandma's funeral. So I don't think... In it, Chicago. I don't think the we location at, was good. The one. So I yeah. get that, but I mean... And I got a porterhouse. There you go. There you go. Yep. Uh, yeah. And I got the porterhouse. I remember because it said specifically on there that they'll cut it for you. Oh yeah. On the menu. Yeah. Now what they meant was that if you and me order a porterhouse that they'll cut it for (laughs) us. Yeah. I didn't get that. And so the guy drops my plate and I kind of look back and I'm like, what dude where's my cutter yeah like, I, I was ordering this because this was going to be cut for me and he he kind of like looks at me and goes uh no and and they were all super skeptical they were like you're not gonna eat this whole thing and i mean i was a teenager at this point so i was i mean maybe 150 pounds maybe 130 yeah. pounds right yeah, yeah super skinny they were like there's no way this kid's gonna eat this you know 96 sounds porterhouse or yeah. whatever it was um and so the, the guy finally, like they, they were like, Oh, okay. And so they, you know, they cut me the strip, they cut me the filet, they cut me the, the stuff off of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, went to town, finished it. No problem. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah, that was, uh, that was the last time I was at Morton's. Um, I love Morton's. Yeah. That's a good call. Uh, all right. One movie to watch for the rest of your Easy. life. Big trouble in little China. Big drum in little China. Big trouble. Trouble. Sorry. Big trouble. Jackie Chan. I uh, know somebody actually just said it. No, Kurt Russell. <laughs> wow, um, I've never seen it. This is uh, awesome. I love a, it. So it's a it's like a '80s cult style. Okay, yeah, movie I mean, I feel like I've heard of it. Okay, yeah, my brothers and I, all, all three of us, Kurt love Russell in the it. '80s. You can't go wrong, man. Um, um, yeah. Now I will say, I mean, there's there's a couple ones that is 100 definitely my choice. Okay. There's a few that I would be yeah, salty give me some about, honorable like mention, Big yeah. Lebowski, mm-hmm. Snatch. That I would I like not be happy about having to give up. Yeah. But 
But yeah, I coach Snatch quite a bit. And I mean, that is a movie that a shockingly low amount of people have actually seen. Uh, It was such a a, like gigantic movie in my circle at the time. Yeah. That it is inconceivable to my brain that like people haven't seen Seen it before. But then there's like huge swaths and circles of people that just like never caught it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I would say, I would say at least once a week we do something that's going backwards and then yeah. somebody messes up and I was going, and I always do that. <laughs> when you reverse, things come from behind, come from behind you, Tyrone. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody ever gets it. So I'm always disappointed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, and Big Lebowski is like, that's like the tomb guards. I, I've probably seen that movie 150 times. Yeah. It's like, that would be second for me. Yeah. Big Lebowski would be second for me for sure. But yeah, Snatch would be up there, right up there as well. All right, Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China. All right, Maria and I will watch it. Oh, it's... I love a good 80s so movie, good. man. I love a good 80s movie. Especially all those Kurt Russell movies. I mean... Kim Cattrall was the... I think, I think that's the only two big names in it, really, is, yeah. is, is, is uh, Kurt Russell and Kim Cattrall. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Nice. Is it action? It's got a little of everything. Okay. I mean, right, it's cool. got some sci-fi. It's got some action. It's right. got some comedy. Nice. It's it's a good mixture of it. which is why which is why it's kind of that's part of the reason that it's such an easy choice for me. Is yeah. that it's got kind of all those. There's components. somebody who's gonna listen to this who's gonna be like, oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be so there's excited gonna be, about there's it. There's gonna be more people that listen to it be like, I've never even heard. Never of that heard. Of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. But that's why I like to do this. this is my favorite question. Um, it was a uh, it was Kelly's that was Love Actually, and I watched that. And I was like, what? This sucks. It's so sorry for all you love actually fans. Um, and I'm not sorry. It, it, you can't like the, you're going to ruin a love story for me as soon as like you start entering adultery into things. It's just like, not, oh, yeah. like, this is not, this is not fun. It's a Christmas movie and this dude's cheating on his wife. It's like not, not a fun storyline. So, yeah. Um, all right. Favorite dessert we already covered rhubarb pie. Oh, no, no, no. I would oh, say, okay. I would say, I don't, man, favorite dessert. I don't, I mean like ice cream, there's some ice creams that, you know, graders, Jenny's Johnson's. No, I like, I would take UDF over, okay. yeah. or over any of those, or, you know, like peach UDF or yeah. something like that. Like yep. I grew up going to that UDF on, on hard and smoke. Yes. So that's, I yeah. love, I love me some UDF. Not I that I don't chips. like those, those higher, but of those three that you just mentioned, Johnson's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I'm kind of like the cheese thing that we, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. give me the more basic stuff. Yeah, that's for that's sure. my wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, it's ice cream. It's not like yeah. complicated. Yeah. Um, cheesecake's right up there and then pie. Yeah. yeah. I love cheesecake. Oreo cheesecake. You like Oreo cheesecake? Yeah. Like, I mean, I like all cheesecake. Yeah. I got to get you uh, my mom, mom, you do them for some Oreo cheesecake. Um, her, she makes these mini Oreo cheesecakes that are just like, uh, they're, they're Killer. the greatest thing in the world and it's like the the oreo cookie crust with the Mm. cheesecake with just a little bit of cookie in the top yeah and so like you can get as much oreo yeah as you want yeah you can kind of it's so good um yeah it's pretty really exciting all right favorite vacation destination are you gonna go with montana Montana? yeah montana now tell me something about like if people were to go go oh if we can um we would you say like Big Ol' River? If you were to say like, hey, like you know, if you're going to Montana and you're flying into Bozeman, uh, is that where you guys fly into? We okay. do. Yeah. Um, what would you say if like it was like a you know maybe off the beaten path something somewhere they could go something they could see um, that that you know you Google might not tell them to go and see. Um, we fished two years ago. 
Oh man, I'm not even gonna remember the name of the river. But it was like in this it was it was a national wilderness area. Yeah. I mean, it was remote as hell. Um man, I can't even think of the name of the river right now. It might have been the Boardman River. That doesn't sound right though. I don't know. Yeah. Um I wouldn't say go off the beaten path. Yeah. I would say go when it's not summertime. Yeah. But I would say, I mean, go to the stuff that, go to the stuff that, go to the stuff that Google does tell you about. Yeah, right. But go when it's not so populated. Yeah. Yellowstone, amazing. Actually, that's Wyoming more than Montana. Um, But Glacier. Yeah. Glacier is, we went to Glacier a few years ago and both sides of it, east and west, you come in and, you know, like you drive alongside a big lake. You, know, you can see the mountains that you're driving towards. Um, we went in on the west side. Mm-hmm. And so we drove past this lake, whatever, stopped at the Welcome Center, of course. But I mean, you know, I drove past this lake. And then the, the mountain road that goes up over the pass and back down is called Going to the Sun Road. And so like we start up Going to the Sun Road and like literally first, I, mean, I couldn't help myself. You know, my buddies, does not like heights. Yeah. So like, as, as I'm driving, he's like leaning to the inside of the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Leaning to the inside of the yeah, car. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and, and, but like, I couldn't help myself. So like literally the first little pull off, like I, I hit it and I, and I'm like, you get it. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, so I, but I mean, I got out and I just stood there looking at the mountains and like, it's not like, it's not like you start crying. Right. But I mean, like, it's like, an emotional thing. Like yeah. look at these mountains that have been there for millions of years, right. whatever. And I mean, it's just crazy good. Yeah. Crazy good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, no, I love that. That's perfect. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, the, the big hole is great. Is that glacier? No, 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 no. It's like Southwest or, okay. or kind of, it's, um, it's great, but I wouldn't say go like, like for you, you yeah. and Marie, you haven't been there. I wouldn't say go to there. Yeah. Go there after you've been to Montana three or four times. Yeah. But don't go there on your first trip. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's endless numbers of good stuff there. Yeah. Um, the whole, the whole stretch North out of Yellowstone up to Livingston, uh, this is called paradise Valley. Yeah. You know, like that's awesome. Yeah. Yellowstone's awesome. Glacier's awesome. Um, hit that stuff. Just, don't hit it when it's crazy yeah. with people. Nah, that's good advice. I love that. Uh, and what's on your list? Where do you want to go that you've never been before? All right, I, I have to, I can't, I can't give you one on this. Yeah. Um, give me the big board. I, I'll give you the big board. Uh, contiguous 48 Olympic national park is yep. probably first in yep. and of itself in, in Northwest Washington. Yep. Um, I want to do a trip and hit that in North Cascades and yep. Rainier. Mm. Um, and then Cal, and there, there's a trip in that I want to hit in California and Southern Oregon, which would basically be like fly to probably Sacramento. Yeah. And it's a, it's basically a loop, you know, like it's uh Redwood national park, yeah, crater Lake, which is in Southern Oregon. Mm-hmm. And then back down into California and hit Lassen volcanic and, 
um, Pinnacles National Park mm-hmm. and Big Sur, which is actually not a national park, but I mean, Big Sur is a yeah. state park. Right. Gorgeous, I think. Um, so it's just kind of a big loop and catch nice. all that. Yeah, let's rip. Um, and then Denali in Alaska. I mean, I want to go to Alaska. Yeah. Crazy bad. Yeah. Um, which would certainly include Alaska or would certainly include Denali. Um, kind of the same reason. I mean, like that feeling that I got when I was in Glacier looking at that mountain. Yeah. It's going to be the same feeling just times. So with Denali, though, like, Denali have to do some like mountaineering, right? Like you can't make it to the top of Denali without some oh, climb, right? I'm not trying to summit it. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I would love to summit it, yeah, but right. that's probably not realistic. Yeah, right. You know, most likely not realistic. Um, I just want to, I just want to be there and yeah. look at it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Denali National Park has lots of other good stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that mountain is gigantic. Yeah. Yeah, everyone who I know who's been to Alaska is like immediately in love with it and always talks it up yeah. like crazy. Um it's a, it's just such an interesting like trip, just the actual like trip of yeah. getting there and the location itself. Um, you know, it's not like a Sacramento, it's like where it's like, ah, it's pretty easy to get to. Yeah. You can hey, that's rent, right. rent a car loop, everything's kind of somewhat close-ish. It's yeah. like, no, like you're going to this just like vast state that's like the size of like half of the United States. You know? I've got an uncle that lives in British Columbia, North uh, Canada, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like a few hundred miles North of Vancouver. And the last time he was down, which is actually kind of like right before COVID last time he came down here, you know, his wife came down here. I kind of talked to them about making a trip. I've only been up there once. Yeah. And it was when I was like early high school and, know what the hell was going on at that mm-hmm. time. Um, but I talked to him about making a trip up to, to see them, you know, and, and whatever, and do some stuff. Yeah. You know, he's super out, you know, fishes, hunts, all that stuff. Um, and then I started thinking, you know, like maybe that's the time to hit, to go hit Denali. And then I Google How mapped far, oh, the sure drive like from hours or something. Williams, whatever it is, Williamsport. British Columbia or something like, well, no, Williams Lake. That's what it is. Yeah. Williams Lake, uh, uh, British Columbia to Denali. And it was like 28 hours. <laughs> I'm like, never mind. Yeah. Separate yeah. trip. It looked closer on the yeah. map. Right. Yeah. I mean that Vancouver and especially North Vancouver, those areas, I mean, are, are like a kind of a, um, a lost gem. I think a lot of people don't know how, how beautiful that oh, yeah. area is, but it is a tight window. Right. I mean, like, and also, they also have like some of the gnarliest winters yeah. um, that last a long time. And I mean, Alaska is no different, right? It's like yeah. you just have to really carefully pick kind of when you're going, and um, you know, and the the you kind of have one option in and one option out, yeah. and otherwise, you know, like you said, you're you're committing yourself to like a month long drive. Yeah, that's <laughs> of right. Like yeah. RVing your way up through the tundra. Um, yeah, it's a it's. I mean, if you go, that's like that's one of those things that's like, I mean. I think a really small percentage of America. Oh, I'll be, yeah, I'll be in Alaska within the next five years for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I love it. I mean, I I think it's cool too. We get a lot of people who, you know, listen to this, who have gone, who have done those stuff. Um, it's always fun to do these podcasts to hear not only the stories of the people who have done that, but then also just to like, just like you've got experience with Montana, there'll be people who are going to Montana who will hit you up, who will like want to, want to know about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then vice versa, there'll be people who have done that trip to, you know, Rainier two or three times. Um, 
you know, and can tell you all about that. So, yeah. so that's kind of the fun part about this question. And, and, the, and then the really last cool. place I want to say, which is no longer us international. Yeah. Machu Picchu. Yeah. So 100%. you're, I mean, and that's, I mean, the, the history buff of me, I think I actually just read a post, um, which I think it was a blog post condensed into like a Twitter thread, just all about Machu Picchu and how to see it. Um, so oh, I'll yeah. see if I can find that and send it to yeah, you. Yeah. I'd appreciate it. Cause that. it was super interesting and it really was a lot of, I think advice that you, you might not normally yeah. get. I've done some reading on it and I, I think probably 25, 2025 is my year yeah. for that. Where do you fly into for that? I don't know that yet. Yeah. I know that it, the, what I've read is May or September is the time to go. Yeah. Um, and but like, you know, like I'm starting, I'm kind of start. I'm just kind of just starting to kind of formulate that trip a little bit. Yeah. Um, but man, I've wanted to go to Machu Picchu for 15 years and, yeah. and I'm finally to the point now where I'm kind of like, I need to prioritize it or else it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. No, that's awesome. So, all right, Alex, I think it's a good spot to wrap up, man. Thank okay. you so much for your time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. That's it guys.